Well, hey there, podcast listener. How are you today? Like, really? Because if I could be honest, you're looking a little stressed out. And that's okay, because I've got your back. Because if you are feeling stressed out with life and work, left to feel unfulfilled, stuck, and ready for a new chapter to begin, well, I'm inviting you to change that. Because I want you to sit down with me and let's figure out a plan together, your life's roadmap, taking you from where you are right now and getting you to where you want to be. All you have to do is head on over to workwithkevin.coach. That is workwithkevin.coach to sign up. Until then, enjoy today's episode. That feeling is just so absolutely wiped out, literally nothing left in me. And I hear a voice and a voice says, excuse me, are you him? Are you the extra mile man? And I lift up my head and there's a woman that's standing just a few feet away from me. The day before, one of the big papers in Colorado had done a huge story on me and on this particular adventure and what my purpose was and what my cause was. And she had read it. She says, I can't believe that I it's I thought that I see you. I just read this article about you. I, I it's you. And I, I was so inspired by this. I told my husband that when we get back home to Oregon, we're going to get out our bikes and we're going to start to get in shape again because of you. And it was that moment when I was absolutely defeated, rejected, feeling like, man, I got no juice left in my legs, in my heart, in my brain, in my soul, that all of a sudden the voice said, are you him? So many people think that my story is inspiring how I became blind at just 17 years of age. They always want to know how I've done it and how I've kept smiling all along the way. Well, I've just chosen to focus my attention on seeing the positive side to life. And here on the podcast, that's what I want to do for you. Because no matter what you may be going through in life, I hope to inspire you to focus on the positive and You know what? I hope that I can also be a source of inspiration for you to just just keep keep on on smiling. Each one of us has the same amount of time in the day, same amount of days in a week, same amount of weeks in a month, and the same amount of months in a year. But what separates us is how each of us choose to spend that time. Because if you're not making the absolute most you can out of every single second you are given, then you need to listen to today's episode more than anyone else. Because today's conversation is going to inspire you, motivate you to get out and take advantage of life. And most importantly, to leave a lasting impact along the way. Hey, I'm Kevin Lowe, your host, And today, you're about to embark on a conversation that is, quite honestly, going to leave your head spinning. Because today's guest, Sean Anderson, he's going to make episode 51 here on The Lowdown with Kevin Lowe an episode to remember forever. I tend to think of myself as a pretty upbeat, positive person. Well, that is no match for Sean Anderson. This guy is so electric, so full of excitement and thirst for life that it's contagious. You can't help but not listen to him and want to just get out there and conquer the day. And that's what we're doing with today's episode, because I'm about to introduce you to a guy 
who sets out to cycle across the country from Pacific Ocean to the Atlantic. He goes on hiking adventures across countries, and he has set out to set fire to something throughout the country that he calls Extra Mile Day. You're gonna hear about all of this and more as I introduce you to Sean Anderson. Sean, welcome to the podcast. Kevin Lowe, what a privilege to be on your show. Gratitude so much for finding me and letting me find you. Oh man, I, I think sometimes I feel like the universe, it has this magnetic pull and it, it finds certain people that it knows need to connect. And I feel like we were two of those people. Man, wouldn't that be the coolest statement in the world if that were really true? Doesn't that give us hope that if we just keep looking hard enough, the person that's looking for us will find us? That's really that's really a hopeful statement. Wow, this almost starts to sound like we're it's like a love story or something, not not a podcaster and his guest. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, well, Sean, man, so when I was preparing for the interview today, I'm reading over your your bio. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, this guy's bio reads like I'm reading the uh, the synopsis to the latest action movie because your your life is crazy with all the amazing things you have done. And so I, I've tried to figure out where to start with this guy. And the one thing that I thought would be cool to start with is obviously you have a true passion for keeping moving. Because, you know, I, I've seen where you, you've cycled across the country, ocean to ocean twice. You've, you've walked all over all these countries. Where does that come from? It comes from a passion for living. It comes from a deep-seated understanding and awareness that life is short and that later in life, at the end of our life, when we look at the scrapbooks of our life, Wishes don't fill the pages. I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that. You will see no wishes in those pages. But what you will see is you'll see what you did. You'll see what you accomplished, what you achieved, what experiences you had, which people you met. And when you have that realization that you've got the power to control the pictures in your life scrapbook, and when you have the realization that life is short and that we're all on a stop clock, it just makes the urgency for doing things so much more for me. I don't want to end my life, Kevin, wishing that there were things that I still would have done. I know what they are, and I'm going to go do them now. That's awesome. Have you always been like this? I think that I was blessed really young with the realization that life's not forever. I, I don't know really where that came from. Maybe it was one of my first pets that broke my heart when they passed away. And I didn't <laughs> understand that. Why was their life so short? And then and then understanding that that's just the way it is for all of us. That that right now on the earth, 150 years ago, everybody that's here wasn't there then. And 150 years from now, everybody that's here now won't be there then. We all have a time. We all have this period where if you're going to do something, if you're going to live, if you're going to breathe, if you're going to experience, the time to do it is here now. You don't get a do-over. You don't get a second chance. You don't go, I wish I would have done this when you could have done it then. When we know that, it changes how we live. Absolutely. Absolutely. I absolutely love that entire mindset. And it's something that, that for myself that I've tried my best to live by, you know, after, you know, what happened to me at 17 when I lost my eyesight is 
is that was that realization that that you know nothing is forever you know and and so it's so important to just take advantage of right now and live it out the best that you can absolutely and that's what makes you so extraordinary is you took you took a tragedy you took an you took an obstacle the size of five mount everests and you said basically you looked up at the mountain you said everest you might be you might be bigger than me, but I'm going to grow bigger than you. And you climbed that mountain in an extraordinary way. You chose not to live life with bitterness, but to continue and go forward. And I think so many times in life, many of us, when we face obstacles or challenges, we let the challenge, the obstacle defeat us. We grow bitter from it. We lose faith in ourselves because of it. And we we fail to keep moving. We fail to keep climbing. We fail to keep going. We fail to keep we fail to keep living in a lot of ways and we accept what life gives us rather than we tell life what we want from it. And I think when we, when we understand that life will punch you and sometimes it will punch you so damn hard that it, you feel like you can never get up. But if you find the power to get up, you somehow develop an extra superhero strength to continue to go through future fires. And so the more that we train ourselves to get up, the more power we have to be able to get up the next time we get knocked down. Absolutely. That is that is so powerful and it is so true. So true. So now, so I want I want you to tell me about this amazing feat that you did of of cycling across the country. So I guess let's start with where was the starting point and where was the ending point? And what in the world compelled you to do such a thing in the first place? Well, I've done it twice. I've done it twice. The first time I, I started at the Pacific Ocean near San Francisco at a place called Fort Cronkite. And 48 days later, I finished in Virginia Beach, Virginia. I dipped my back tire into the waters of the Pacific. I dipped my front tire into the waters of the Atlantic. What triggered that, and I'm not a bicyclist, and I still say that, although I've pedaled a bike across the United States two times, I am not a bicyclist. If we were to go look at the bike that I pedaled across the United States, you will still see sand in the front tire as I push that bike across the sandy beach of Virginia Beach to get to the water. I've barely rode a bike since then. So what what makes a non-bicyclist pedal a bike across the United States? The very first time I had become a vegetarian and I'd lost a lot of weight. And a lot of people thought that, wow, you've lost so much weight. Are you sick? What's wrong with you? But at that time, I felt so damn ass healthy. I felt so healthy and fit. And I had been a runner, so I had strong legs and I had a strong heart. And I said, I'm going to show you how absolutely unhealthy I am. I went to a store in Northern California called REI. It's an outdoor store. And I bought a bicycle. Back then, it was a super heavy, big, metal bike with big <laughs> tires because I didn't know any different. I didn't know that there were fast moving light cruise bikes that you're supposed to get. So I bought this big bike that I couldn't even lift over my head. And a few days later, I was on that dude and I was pedaling that dude across the United States. And I averaged 83 miles a day for 48 straight days. Wow. Talk about some leg burn. Well, talk about a lot of stuff. I remember, (laughs) I remember, man, I thought I was really kicking butt going across, you know, California and going over the Sierras and through the state of Nevada. And I ended up at this truck stop in Utah somewhere. And man, I'm just feeling so good about myself. I think, 
man, you, this is amazing. You are, you are doing it. You are cranking it out. But at the same time, I was dead tired. And I'm at this truck stop with all these big rig trucks and my little bike sitting up against the store. And I look at this big map of the United States that's inside this cafe where the truckers are. And I go, oh, I'm going to feel pretty good about myself. I'm going to go look at that big map and I'm going to see how far I've gone and how far I go. So I put my finger on the left side of where I started. Okay. Okay. Right there. And then I go to the star that says you are here. And then I look at how much further I got to go and I go, oh my God. Oh my God. And right there was a huge lesson that I learned that when you have a big goal in life, quit looking at the finish line. Because when we look at the finish line for a big goal, there is no doubt that we are going to exhaust ourselves, and we are going to say, I can never get there. But when you break each of your goals into steps, or in this particular case, into miles or days, all I have to do is get to the next day, do my best today, get to tomorrow, and then we'll worry about tomorrow when tomorrow comes. That sort of strategy helps you get to whatever big goal finish line that you want to get to. Yeah, no, that's incredible. Now, I'm curious, this trek across the United States, is there any moment, either like the worst moment or the best moment along that entire trek that like stands out in your mind that was like the most memorable? Oh my gosh, there are so many, but I'll I'll share one. So you pedal across the state of Colorado and it's inevitable that you, you meet something called the Rocky Mountains. And there's one particular pass called Monarch Pass, and I, I think it's 11,312 feet high. Well, when you're pedaling a big giant metal bike up to 11,312 feet, you are feeling absolutely defeated at the end. You're not feeling exhilarated, but you are so spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically worn out. I remember I'm sitting there at the top of this mountain, and this is on my second tour across, my second tour across. And I'm sitting up there, and I'm on the curb. My bike's laying against the side of a building and I'm I've got my my head in my hands and I'm feeling just so absolutely wiped out literally nothing left in me and I hear a voice and a voice says excuse me are you him are you the extra mile man and I you know I first said I don't do anything she goes I'm so sorry for interrupting you are you the extra mile man and I lift up my head and there's a woman that's standing just a few feet away from me and, and I said yeah I, 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 yeah I am the day before one of the big papers in Colorado had done a huge story on me and on this particular adventure and what my purpose was and what my cause was. And she had read it. She says, I can't believe that I, it's, I, that I see you. I just read this article about you. I, I, it's you. And I, I was so inspired by this. I told my husband that when we get back home to Oregon, we're going to get out our bikes and we're going to start to get in shape again because of you. And it was that moment when I was absolutely defeated, rejected, feeling like, man, I got no juice left in my legs, in my heart, in my brain, in my soul, that all of a sudden the voice said, are you him? And when she said that to me, I felt lifted up into the clouds again. And I felt that that was the power to keep me pedaling forward one more time. Wow, dude, that's... That's so powerful. Now, now I, I've got to ask you, so what is, when she called you, are you the, the extra mile man? What, what is she referring to? What is the extra mile? Well, back then, and this was 2009 when I did this, I decided to create an event. 
It's called the Extra Mile America Tour. The Extra Mile America Tour is a symbol of what it means to go the extra mile, to do more, to add more value if you want something. I used this Forrest Gump-like symbol and took this 48-year-old dude across the country in a Forrest Gump sort of way. But the power of the Extra Mile America Tour was in 21 cities across America along that tour, big cities. I My staff and my team created events with the mayors of those cities where I had the privilege of interviewing over 200 people who had been identified beforehand as having gone the extra mile in life, having gone the extra mile to follow through with an amazing dream, having gone the extra mile in overcoming something dramatic, having gone the extra mile in service to make the world a better place. And at the end of my ride, I gave $10,000 of my own money away to those people whose stories most inspired me. So as I was pedaling across the country, there were multiple things in, in place. There was the the events with the 21 city mayors. There was the interviewing of the 200 people. There was the giving of the money away. And so all of those became media worthy. And that's why the story was covered as I went across the country. It was called the Extra Mile America Tour. And again, as a part of that tour, something really, really explosive came from it. I was pedaling across the state of Nevada. There's a stretch that's, oh gosh, fiddlesticks, 60 some miles long where there's no rest stops. There's no place to stop. It gets over 115 degrees as you're pedaling. And I was brainstorming, call it sunstroke, whatever. And I said, what else can we do to draw media attention, to draw recognition to this movement, this extra mile movement? What else can I do? And I came up with this idea out there called Extra Mile Day. And when I landed at a phone on the other side, I called my my staff and I said, this, we're going to have extra mile day. We're going to make it November 1st because I liked all the ones, 11, 1-1, one, one, the first, <laughs> one, one, one. And I said, what we're going to do is we're going to call these mayors and we're going to, on that day, we want them to declare extra mile day and we want them to pick extra mile heroes and volunteers in their community and recognize them and clap for them, the people that are making a difference. And so that first year in 2009, I was... I was so happy to start this this extra mile day and there were 23 mayors that said, we're going to do it, man. We believe in your mission. We're going to do it. Well, extra mile day has continued since November 1st, 2009. Last year on November 1st, 2020, there were 512 mayors across the United States that participated. Wow. That's so powerful. And what I love about this is it's bringing attention basically to to local, to our own communities of, of the real life heroes in the world. Yeah, Kevin, you're right on. I mean, it's, it's, it's in our communities. We hear the bad news of what's going on in our community. We hear of the burglaries and the robberies and the, the shootings and things like that. But we don't hear about we don't hear about the faithful, the faithful mom who has been donating her time endlessly for years and years and years to the PTA, even though her kids aren't involved anymore. We don't hear about the organization that makes the 4th of July fireworks possible because they funded it. We don't hear about the stories of the exceptional human beings that are giving of themselves selflessly so that the rest can experience more and more quality to our lives. But every community is rich with these heroes. So in some small way, I wanted to use Extra Mile Day to shine a light on those people and to remind all of us that volunteerism 
makes a powerful difference in the world. Not only does volunteerism serve the community, but volunteerism serves our own soul. Yes, I love it. I love it. Now, now, is this something where where can can mayors or anybody you know interested thinking, oh my gosh, I want this to come to to my city? Where can people go to learn more? ExtraMileAmerica.org highlights all of the cities and so many of the thousands of volunteers who have been recognized. It tells their quick little story and what they're doing. It's ExtraMileAmerica.org. And so this is a pretty big deal now when you start to have 512 cities. And so it's a process we've already started. We're already in communication with so many of the mayors that have participated before. And we're saying, hey, we're coming again, November 1st, this year. Yep. Are you on board again? And so, yeah, it's a five to six month process now. Yeah, no, but I think it's so awesome. I absolutely love that. And I had to laugh when you made reference earlier to the Forrest Gump, you know, thing, because I was sitting there thinking to myself, I'm like, this guy sounds like Forrest Gump <laughs> and, and, and trekking across America. And, and so I thought that was too ironic then that you stole it from me. But <laughs> well, let's, let's just say that I stole it from Forrest, right? You know? Yes. <laughs> Life is well, like a box cool. of chocolates. You don't know what you're going to get, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, with, oh, with me, man. it's a little different. What you're going to get is you're going to get a passionate guy who just chooses to make a difference with his life. And, and, and maybe I get lucky and maybe along the way I help inspire someone else to be, to grow in their passion and to do something more with their life too. Of course, of course. And I think in line with that, I want to ask you about something that I read that you, you went, I, and correct me if I'm, I'm wrong. Was it to Thailand where you spoke? to to close to like 10,000 people? I decided to take the extra mile message to the Philippines. And uh, okay, and we spent a month there. I have a staff in the Philippines. And, and so we spent a, a month traveling that beautiful, beautiful island country. And, and if you totaled up the total number of gigs that I did and the people that I saw, we ended up communicating to close to 20,000 people. Wow. So now let me ask you, what in a country like that, a region of the world, what what were you speaking that was drawing these people to you? Well, I got lucky. I guess, you know, there was a little bit of overbilling. You know, the the town said, hey, man, you got to come out and you got to hear this guy. I mean, he's here. He's and I, I guess it was something of a unique that drew the people out. I don't know exactly, but I remember when I first had the idea of going to the Philippines, there was a lot of resistance. They were saying, what you want to do to come over and speak? The Philippines just doesn't have anything like that. We don't do that. And I remember there was one particular email that I received from a pretty influential person you know, that I was seeking help from. And the email became so significant to me that I printed it out and I taped it to a door in my, in my place. And that, that email is still taped there because it was the resistance of that email that prompted me to dig even deeper in myself. And I'm just going to share a few words from that right now as I'm standing in front of it, reading it. It says, you must consider the culture here in the Philippines. No motivational speaker has gathered that number of crowd yet here in the country. Events such as concerts, religious gatherings, and even political gatherings can't even begin to come close to summing up that number. A huge crowd in the Philippines will only gather for a concert of a very popular band, actor, singer. In our setting, we don't have life coaches here or have appointments with psychologists. A crowd will only gather if there's money involved, food preparations for free, certificates for a new field 
of learning. I don't think that what you want to do, you could do. Well, Kevin, sometimes in life, people tell us that what we think we want to do, we can't do. I don't think like that. I think that there's a will, there's a way. And if your passion's deep enough, and if your purpose is strong enough, and your action is big enough, you can create what you want to create. It is possible that the dreams that your heart wears can become the realities that your feet walk. Wow. So tell me about this. Tell me about this trick because it sounds just incredible. And so obviously from the numbers that you've already told us, the people did come out. They wanted to hear. And so I'm, I'm curious what type of feedback reaction you got from those who, who were there to listen to you. The warmth and the kindness and the generosity given by the Filipino people were just unprecedented. The kindness that they showed, the appreciation, it was really phenomenal. I mean, I, I was so moved and touched by that experience of them demonstrating such rich gratitude every time I spoke. I mean, it was so life enriching for me that truly the beneficiary of every time that I spoke was, I don't believe it was the crowd. I believe it was the speaker. And I take so much personal strength from that experience in always reminding me to keep planning bigger than me because the rewards that come from the achieving of something bigger than us are so unbelievably fulfilling and rich. And when we begin to touch the outer edges of our comfort zone and we continue to stretch it, our world becomes so much bigger in what we can do and what we can share and what we can give. And that experience in the Philippines has reminded me that no goal is too big as long as the person walking the goal can grow to the size of the goal. Wow. Man, you just leave me like speechless with everything that you talk about. And I'm literally sitting here and I, I was just sitting here thinking to myself as you're talking. And I thought, you know, this world could really benefit from a lot more Sean Andersons than there is. And Kevin Lowe's. Oh, oh, well, I'm so glad you said it. I didn't want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And, and every listener that listens, because it's all of us. It's all of us. We each have a unique, passionate gift. We each have the ability to inspire in different ways. And the more that we choose to go out every day and just say, wow, what can I do that maybe inspires someone else? How much different the world will be. I think sometimes we go out and we say, what in the world's going to inspire me today? When we become inspirers, rather than looking to become inspired, everything about our individual life changes. And when everything about our individual life changes, so many things outside of us start to change as well. I absolutely love what you just said about that, because... I think it's such a simple concept, what you just said, but it is so, so true to life of, you're right, so many of us, myself, you search for, for inspiration when be the inspiration to go into the, to wake up every day to inspire other people. And, and, and I can't help but think of like breaking it down to, to Christmas time. And the greatest joy at Christmas or birthdays or whatever is it's not the gifts that you get. It's the gifts that you give. It's the giving of whether it's, it's you know, 
something, you know, a product or like you said, of yourself, of that's going to then just kind of radiate back onto you. I believe that when we give, we grow. And the more that we learn to give, the more we grow. And the more we grow, the better opportunity we have to find our our best growth, our best potential, our best self. I believe that all of us have this best self in us. And the more that we keep working every single day to find that best self, the more that we continue to walk every day towards that best self, not only will we find our highest quality of living, but we will also find our highest quality of giving. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. Now, I want to ask you, talk about you being a man of, of, of moving, of walking the extra mile. You're actually gearing up for a big trip to Spain, correct? Yeah. On the 24th, I'm leaving for Spain. I'll be walking 250 miles on a new route. It's, it's supposed to be a pretty tough route. It's over the mountains and it's in a rugged, somewhat isolated area. It's just me and my backpack and in my sneakers. Normally it's my sneakers. This time I'm, I'm trying this new pair of hiking sandals that are supposed to be awesome in order to, to prevent hiking foot. You know, I've done a lot of these treks. I, I think now I've walked across seven countries. My longest is 750 miles around Shikoku, Japan. My fastest walk was 550 miles in 27 days across Spain. So I'm, yeah, I'm, in, I'm into this. I'm into this for multiple reasons. One, I love travel. Two, I love seeing new countries. Three, I love movement. I love pushing my body. Four, I love cool, awesome adventures every day. And then most importantly, five, I love sharpening myself. I know for a fact that two weeks from now, I will be on some mountaintop and I will be hurting and I will be thinking that I cannot do that. But yet there's going to be a stronger voice inside me that says, yeah, you've thought that before and you always do. You might be hurting now, but you're going to continue to go forward. And I will get to the finish line and I will get to the finish line with my feet. And when I do, I will know once again that the only person that can ever stop us from getting what we want is ourselves. And when we give ourselves permission to quit, then life becomes just one big quitting exercise after another. I call these these once a year adventures that I do, these big movement, physical, emotional spiritual, mental things. I call them my axe sharpening adventures because every time that I do, every time that I push myself past my comfort zone, I become more passionate. I become more purposeful. And when I know that that's the reward, I find the strength to keep moving the step that I cannot step. Wow, 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 wow. Oh, you just, like I said, Sean, all I can say is I think every time you finish speaking, all I say is, wow, 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 because you you just you blow me away. And it's just absolutely incredible. And so how long how long would this would this hike take you in Spain? This is going to be a shorter one. This one, I'll be out there for what I hope would be no more than 16 days on this particular one. So because the mountain, the elevation, the climbs up and down. And, and actually, you know, I'm really, I'm a really good climber. I can climb up the side of mountains really, really well where I, where it really gets my body and my feet is coming down. So I might look <laughs> like a mountain goat going up, but I am a snail coming down. I mean, I am literally moving inches at a time because you've got to protect your feet. You've got to protect your ankles. And if you start moving down these steep hills too fast, you get hurt. And if you, if your feet are hurt, you know, how do you keep walking when your feet are hurt, right? So that's always my experience. The good thing about this hike is I've done all these other hikes before that. So I'm smarter, I'm wiser. 
I feel as if I can succeed more because I've walked it. And, and that's the cool thing about life that once you get to that one victory that you didn't think was possible, you can always reflect back on that one victory as you start thinking about planning a second and third something else. Once we know we can, once we have that great belief, then we have a chance to actually do it. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I, I'm going to have to have you back on the podcast because at some point I, I'm going to want to find out more when it's still fresh in you after this trip to Spain to find out more about it. Because I can imagine a lot of people have a lot of the same questions I do that, that I feel like we're going to just have to find out after you do it. So, so would that be cool? Would you be cool to come back on the podcast at some point? Man, I'm always cool to talk to inspiring people, Kevin. <laughs> well, that's the other reason is is what I'm going to want to hear about this trip to Spain. And the other is just the fact that I can only imagine that anyone listening to us talking right now is sitting there thinking to themselves, you know what? What can I do different in my life to live it a little bit better, to go an extra mile for somebody else? to have the same enthusiasm for life as you do. I think as, as talking about inspiring and stuff, you to me, man, just listening to you talk about it, you truly inspire me to want to live even more. Mm, thank you so much for that. Yeah. Well, Sean, I'm not going to keep you much longer here on the podcast, but I would just like, one final, final thought from you for, for those listening today. If there's one last thing you could leave somebody with, what would it be? You know, each of us have the ability to, to do something really, really special and magical. And it's, it's when we start listening to other people and when we start trying to do what they want us to do, or we start trying to follow the paths that they set for us, when we stop listening to the whispers in our own heart, and when we stop paying attention to the things that excite us, our life will become dull. So when you have that thought, when you have that feeling, and you feel that special excitement, that special nudge, man, pay attention to it. Take action on it. Because when we stop taking action on the nudges and the whispers inside us, I believe eventually they stop coming. And when they stop coming, it's right then and there that we accept the fact that we'll never reach our potential. Life is so short that we should never be afraid of risk. We should never be afraid of defeat or failure because none of it truly, truly matters. The only thing that truly matters is how close can we become to becoming the person that we were meant to be. I love it. Absolutely love it. Sean, thank you for, for not just coming on the podcast, but but for just sharing some of your awesomeness with me, with those listening, I appreciate it greatly. And I wish you all, all the best on this next adventure and for all of those to come. Well, so much gratitude for you, Kevin. And, you know, your real life example and inspiration of all that you've thrived through, all that you have accomplished and succeeded, man, that's the juice that I drink that reminds me that anything is possible. Thank you, Sean. And for you listening today, I really hope that this has been a conversation that 
hasn't just been something that you've enjoyed, but will be something that will truly inspire you to get out there and live your life. And as I always like to say, to live your life no matter what obstacles may be standing in the way. So just think about that, act on it, and become the inspiration that inspires others. Well, if that conversation didn't just set you on fire, I don't know what will. Because that guy is absolutely insane. Oh my gosh. I feel like he is somebody who I need to just have a recording to listen to him each and every morning when I wake up and give me that little extra boost of energy and enthusiasm to get out there and take on the day. Now, Sean, he literally busts out with so many pieces of gold throughout the conversation that I'm sure you're kind of thinking to yourself, man, I wish I had a place to go back and review all of that info. Well, I've taken care of that. Be sure to check out the episode show notes where I have left a link to a blog that I have done just that. Listed out my key takeaways from the conversation with Sean and, you know, be a place for you to go back and review everything that this guy has told us today. I also want to encourage you to spread the news of Extra Mile Day with your small town. Reach out to your mayor. Let them know about this amazing event coming up in November, November 1st. So let's make this event even bigger than it has been back in 2020. And maybe it will be partly to do because of this podcast. All right, enough listening to a podcast. It's time for you to get outside, inspire somebody, take advantage of the day. And you know what? Let us all just learn at least something from Sean Anderson that's going to benefit us, benefit the people we're around, and make this world a little bit better place to live. And that's The Lowdown with Kevin Lowe. I hope today's episode inspired you, motivated you, and excited you to get out and enjoy life, no matter what obstacles may be standing in the way. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.